Praise the Lord. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for coming. Uh, I must be a prophet. I sat at home this morning and told my wife, who would be here and who's not here? And I don't think I missed a one of them. So you're just like a squirrel, just like a rabbit. You get in these habits and pretty soon they just follow the cycle, follow the cycle. Well, let me give you a good warning. Some early morning between 7 and 9 o'clock, we will leave here. And we'll be gathered together in small groups around the world. So that leads me to believe that it could be on Sunday morning. Brother Brown said he'd gather them together in little groups around the world, and between 7 and 9 o'clock in the morning, we'll be gone. So what if you miss church that morning? Oh, he'll pick me up wherever I am. Well, I, the magnet may only go certain spots, you know. <laughs> and then you'll shout, hallelujah, glory to God, I thought this was supposed to be here. Actually, my wife is not even here this morning. That's the one I missed. But uh, like a Capricorn, I left my money out of that pocket. I left my bill for a while that pocket. And I don't have nothing in this one, and I got a handkerchief here because she reminded me. So she's run back to make me legal. I drove to church this morning illegal. Matter of fact, I'd done that yesterday, too. <laughs> and furthermore, I hadn't found that little cartridge that went in that printer yet. I'm believing in miracles, and they're all disappearing. One day I'll be a 180-pound miracle. Fixing to disappear out of this world. Amen. So that'd be wonderful. She'll catch up in a few minutes. So it's amazing. It always takes a woman a half hour to do a 15-minute job. Amen. So let's look this morning. Our title of the series has been The Word Made Flesh. We should have actually called it The Word Made Visible. Because flesh gives you the indication that it would be this. But flesh could be any covering because the theophany basically will be flesh, but not flesh that's born of sin. The word is actually the flesh or the light called the word is actually the flesh or the body, the visibility of the invisible God. Jesus was made the flesh or the visibility of God simply because God had incarnated him and he was in the very likeness and the very image because it was the spirit of God that was preeminent in him doing and saying or using his body for his own purpose and plan. We've been on this thought now in Revelation. We're looking at the sixth seal. We're looking at the tribulation, the wrath of God, that which is setting here before us called the sixth seal. And we notice now that we have mentioned the rapture quite a bit because the rapture is the, I would call it the great sermon of Brother Branham's entire series of sermons because in that sermon he said the bride is waiting on the rapture so the rapture revelation would be what she was waiting on we're still waiting on the rapture but see I believe now we have a revelation of the rapture which, which should make us ready for the resurrection which can uh appear any time now because certain events has transpired. 
There are certain events that Brother Brown spoke of that hasn't fulfilled yet. Before the catching away, the cup of iniquity is not quite yet full. The World Council of Churches, although it's been silent for quite a few years, is slowly moving, but it's not standing out in a great uh, impression or emphasis. Hardly anybody talks about the World Council of Churches anymore. And the prophet said it would form together and all the systems go there making this great uh, image or this beast that would actually finish up and bring forth the Antichrist in absolutely human flesh. So we see a little work there. He did say a pope would come out of America according to scripture and that would have to be chapter 13 where chapter 13 is America. So he said there'd be a pope to come out of America. We hadn't seen that yet. He said it could be some great woman and we look for a woman president. And that hasn't transpired yet as we know it. And Hillary's still in the race. So don't sell that old gal short. She's lazy, but she has agreed for power. And it wouldn't surprise me at all because they don't have anybody that can beat Trump now. So they've got to kill him or bring in a woman. And Hillary's the only one that can beat him. So don't be surprised if she don't move in at the last minute where she don't have to run campaign or spend any money and they'll put her in and she'll run. If she runs, she'll win. If she wins, the economy will go in three to six months and after that the rapture will take place in that first year of her term because the economy and everything else will fall completely apart. It will be done. So right now we still got a few things that we see in front of us that the hat has to be here, the picture here, what more, what more, like we said, everything has to be in this place for the resurrection to transpire, for God to take us out of here. There she is. Everybody make Sister Gregory welcome this morning, would you? Now I can quit worrying about whether she made the curve or not. Okay. I asked Daniel this morning, it's amazing, and I've been at this 40-something years now. Someone asked me, do you still get nervous when you get behind the pulpit? Yes, really. If I preach a good sermon, I'm always nervous. If you don't have nothing to say, you're not too nervous. Are you nervous this morning? Not too nervous this morning. <laughs> but I always wonder, after 40 years, you would uh, get over wondering where everybody is on Sunday morning. I hadn't figured out yet why a preacher thinks everybody has to be in church on Sunday morning. Because it doesn't change my destiny. It really doesn't change yours. It doesn't change anybody's destiny. So why should we worry about whether you're in church or not in church? Because we see the whole world now is in this stage that we have crystallized. Everything is crystallized. There's no one going to change their mind from henceforth. There's not. Because basically, if you have a soul that is from God, that mind has already been changed. Now, there's a lot of terminology we don't understand, especially Pentecostals. We have people sit right here in this church and do not believe what I preach every Sunday morning. The reason why is their minds are closed up to the hour that we're in. They still have that Pentecostal tilt. They can't understand 
such terminology as the perusia or what the presence is or the seventh seal is open or Jesus Christ has come as the Son of Man. They don't understand that. They think they have the Spirit of God. If you have the Spirit of God, what the Spirit of God in you, in other words, you're supposed to have the Spirit of God in you. The Spirit of God is actually your soul. If you have a soul from God, then the Spirit of God is in you. And you're led by the Spirit of God, which is your soul. Why? Because there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one and the same. If your soul is a gene of God, which is a part of God, then it is either Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. It is the very life of God. So if that soul of God is there, you are led by the Spirit of God. How many understands now? See, it's terminology. It's just language, understanding what the Scripture is telling you. We're in a part of the book of Revelation that basically now to us is very simple. But we've had young ones come up and grow up that we, they didn't hear this teaching. Even though now we consider it past or old teaching. But the ones that's come in and say the last 10 or 15 years wasn't, didn't grind their teeth or what more grow and learn all these languages and sermons about the Perusia, the coming of the Lord, the seals and whatever all it was necessary. But now we're in chapter 6 and I call this uh, little thought here that we're in, the mystery of iniquity, the separation. We know at the end time there comes a separation. And there'll come a separation even to body, soul, and spirit. So there has to be someone here that can absolutely separate and see your body for what it is, your spirit for what it is, and see the real you, which is your soul. Like the prophet said, you don't see me, you see my body. You don't see me, you see my body. I have a spirit that connects my soul to my senses, to make me an individual that can communicate with you and pick up through sight and hearing to make you an individual. But to you, to me, you are your body. If I seen you floating around here in the spirit, I wouldn't know where you was Bill, Jane, Sue, or Joe. Unless you had a form or an image or some kind of visibility that was similar to your body image now, I wouldn't be able to recognize you. Like Brother Bram said, I always uh, wondered if I go to heaven and I seen Brother Neville float along like a cloud, would I, would I know him? Then when he went across the curtain of time, we wasn't floating around like clouds. We have bodies. They was not flesh now, but they were bodies. They had no blood in it, but they were bodies. He felt them. He handled them. Uh, they were young and beautiful young people. And I was thinking this morning, the millennium will be the first stage or the first time that we can actually live in bodies as sons and daughters of God Amen. without having any inbred tendency towards evil, uh, tiredness, uh, bad thinking, bad tempers, greed, or any pull of the senses. We'll be free from all of that and it will be a perfect human life. I mean, he said it was so wonderful, he, he can't even explain how wonderful that time will be. So don't miss it no matter what you do. 
And uh, I wouldn't miss it by not being able to cut my hair, sisters. I'd have put another two inches on my dress just to make that. If that's all he required, that's all he required. Dress modest. Don't cut your hair. Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is eternal life. Amen. So that's what we're looking at this morning, this separation. Now we're down to the separating of the wise and the foolish virgins. Now you can go to Matthew 25, the parable there, and sermons has been preached on it, on and on and on. The wise virgins is basically those that were a part of a generation, say the Pentecostal age, then when God moved to another era or the message, that Pentecostal era didn't have any oil in it for this one. So when they come to the message of the hour, they didn't have any oil. In other words, this revelation was not sufficient enough to put them in the rapture or shut them in with Christ. And they was told to go seeking to those that have it to sell. Now the only ones that has oil to sell would be the bride. But how many knows you can't sell revelation? And you can't even give anybody a revelation. And we stand here every week trying to grind it in and grind it in and grind it in. And you just cannot get some people to accept the importance of the Word of God. Forsake not the assembling yourselves together, even more so as you see that day approach. And we are in the, right, the end of that day. So I was talking with a young man yesterday on the phone for about an hour and he's probably listening to the sermon this morning they promised to be here but I probably sprinkled a little drops of water and that turned them off for some reason something come up was more important but don't think that you can stay home and out of church and be a part of this end time revelation bride you can't do it because the word has already told you don't forsake the assembling yourselves together now I understand birthdays, I understand heart attacks, I understand being sick, I understand reasons why you're out. But not as a habitual. See, I know exactly when I see some of you, once every five weeks. I don't think once every five weeks is going to get you too far off the ground. Matter of fact, I would even doubt whether you were born again. Because he said once that soul is quickened, it was from God and it was there when you were born. If it is quickened by, the, quickened by the light of this hour, which is the new birth, then he said you can't wait to be in church to be around other licks of fire, which makes up you the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And that body of Christ consists now, all together, as wise and foolish virgins. They are just as much sons of God as the wise are. Except where he put the pattern and cut a group out of there for election and position this is the same son as this one except their position so you don't condemn this part here which is sons if they don't see what you see here because as Israel was blinded the Gentiles are also blinded in this hour lest they see, hear, and understand, and come into the revelation of the hour. Because at this time, it will be so simple 
And the scriptures will be so clear that you can convince a Baptist, if he was honest with you according to the scripture, to see what you're talking about, even though they may not believe it. We understand it and we believe it. And we're going to be a part of this revelation. And we'll look at it in a few minutes. Like David had a revelation, but Brother Bram said his revelation was wrong. But what he wanted to do, build God a temple, wasn't wrong. But how to do it was the part that was wrong. We, we got a revelation from a prophet, but most of us don't know how to do our part. And we'll say that again. We have a revelation from a prophet, but most of us don't know how to do our part. And our part will be wait for that part to come to pass, and he will make us a part of it. But the hard thing to do is wait. Wait for God to put the lamp here, the hat here, and you here, and Rome here, and whatever they got. Wait till the parts get together. All the parts have to be in their order. You have already been placed in your part. Our part now is done, having done all to stand against it, we just stand. And the hard part is wait until the trumpet sounds. Amen. And the great translation begins, but it will not be too far down the road because all the things that we look at in Scripture that tells us will transpire is past tense. It is already fulfilled we'll look at this study this morning I've got quite a few scriptures if you understand for 2,000 years these seals and the beasts come down through the land the mystery of iniquity flowed from stage to stage and the people of that hour didn't have a clue what was transpiring they didn't understand their plagues they didn't understand the revivals they didn't understand the spirits changing they didn't understand God's plan because the seals was closed up even though it was fulfilled, even though it was manifested, the Jews were slaughtered by the million. They didn't understand what was that all about. All right, now then, since they're open, we understand because we can look all the way back through and see this great ride of Satan, his mystery of iniquity, right all the way to this morning. Now we see him as death. Death is organized religion. So we're going to find out that every church building you see, when you come to church, the parking lots were full. The Bible says they're absolutely little temples of Satan, little gatherings of devils, waiting for the wrath of the Lamb to come. They are nice people, you would say. I'm not talking about how nice they are and how many manners they got. I'm not talking about none of that. I'm talking about what the Scripture and how God looks at them and tells us what they are. The young man I was talking about, he's talking, well, I prayed and prayed and prayed and looked at the ceiling, I prayed and prayed. I'm not saying that sarcastically. That's what most of them. Anybody's ever looked at the ceiling, oh, God, what's going on? Oh, God, what's going on? Oh, God, what's going on? And I know that my old nature here, that, whatever you want to call it, is still there, is crude. I said, well, what did he say? How many's prayed this week? How many's asked God for something? What did he say? If you be honest, you'll say, well, I didn't hear. He didn't say nothing. Well, you wasn't listening right then. How should I listen? Open your Bible and see what he tells you. Because this is a talking book. This is a person. 
This is God in letter form. God will talk to you through the scriptures. And in this hour, he's talked to us in human flesh through a vindicated prophet. And that vindicated prophet did not teach us one thing that was not written in this Bible. Matter of fact, he taught exactly what Paul taught. He taught every type and example showing you that God has kept the same plan over and over and over and over and over. And this is the last day to the Gentiles. And God has visited you one more time, talked to you through human flesh, preparing you to finish his purpose and plan, which is the rapture. So the rapture is the great sermon of the hour and the greatest revelation of this end time message that come to us by the opening of the seven seals is there is only one God. There's only one unique son. His name is Jesus. God made that son both Lord and Christ. And said we must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And if you're not baptized that way, it's thus saith the Lord, you must come and be rebaptized to be able to make the rapture. That's not very much and not very hard. What is the greatest uh, argument today? That there's only one God like your finger. There is no son, Jesus. It was one, 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 one. That's just as far off as the Trinitarian dogma of three persons in the Godhead. All of it is the false spirit. I'll put it like this. All of it is the false doctrine of a spirit that Brother Bram called the Holy Spirit, false anointed. They are anointed by the Holy Spirit with false doctrine. Now, where would they get an anointing of the Holy Spirit? Play a tape. If you play a tape and you don't feel the anointing there, there's something a little bit wrong. I can play the live story this morning. I guarantee you it will affect almost every believer in this building. Okay, what is on that tape that will affect you? The anointing. The anointing is on the tapes. I understand why they gather together in Jeffersonville by the hundreds and play a tape. But it's not scriptural. I can understand why they call Joseph a prophet. Oh, yeah, because the brother Bram said he was. Yeah. Balaam was a prophet, too. But how do you know he was talking? Brother Bram said so. But Brother Bram said, don't take my word. Take it back to the Bible. And he doesn't qualify in the Bible as a prophet. There's no vindication, no sign, no thus saith the Lord, except Brother Bram said, oh, Joseph, my son, a prophet. Now, what I find in here is every prophet's son, there's not a one of them in here, that didn't turn and become false. Not one. Every prophet's son in here went into error. Are you saying Joseph in there? He's in the error about what he teaches. Because he teaches there's no fivefold ministry outside himself. Come on. And everything in the uh, spoken word book is thus saith the Lord. And if you don't play tapes, you're not bride. So I don't care how sweet the spirit is, how nice the people are. How much they're deceived is contrary to the written word of God. So I'll just have to wait and see. I don't condemn them. God knows what he's doing. There's a place for the foolish virgins. And there's a place for us and everybody else. God will absolutely find our place. So what we're looking at this morning is what absolutely separates the wise and the foolish. 
since they're both sons of God now. Both of them will be there. One will go through the rapture. We get to live through the honeymoon a thousand years. They sleep somewhere. Then they come up at the white throne judgment and judge according to their works. And if you'll notice, most of them, this tapes only that believes Joseph is a prophet is also a legalist, which that's exactly what you've got to be. Because if you don't understand election and predestination, then you've got to be legal or you're not going to make it on either side. Because if you're judged according to your works, and your works is what you do and don't do, and that's what they'll be judged at the white throne judgment. I don't want to be judged by my works. Because my works are very slim. I'm, 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 I'm lazy. I'm ignorant. Stupid most of the time. I've got a little perseverance that I, I've been trained to show up and, and do your work on time. And I do that. I think I've missed one or two sermons in 40 years. And I couldn't get on my feet or I was sick or something like that. But I uh, went 15 years in Brown Shoe Company. And I missed one day of work. And I was on my back with a pneumonia. And my boss come to visit me to make sure I was sick. Well, I just want to make sure you was really sick. I said, after 14 years, never miss a day, you, want to, you didn't take my word for it that I couldn't get off the bed? Well, you could come sit at your desk. I said, okay. So if that's the case at a shoe factory, you can sure come here. We'll prop you up and pray for you and have a good time. Yeah? <laughs> Amen. All right, so let's let the Scripture talk to us this morning, all right? Let's see if the Bible will talk to us. Now, let's just read the Scripture because the Scripture is going to paint us a picture. And this picture is necessary for, according to the prophet, to turn your heart back to the faith of the fathers. All right, now, if our hearts got to be turned back to the faith of the fathers, what was the faith of the fathers? What was the faith of the fathers? What is the revelation that Paul had, John had, one more? The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. They start every letter out with the revelation. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's not a writer in this Bible, not even Jesus himself, that ever declared that he was God. Well, then how come, how come Brother Brown preached the deity of Jesus Christ? Because the Logos, God himself, incarnated himself. There's your deity of Jesus Christ. When he said, I want to speak on the deity of Jesus Christ, he's not telling you that Jesus is God. He's telling you that Jesus was the body in the tabernacle of the living God, making him God visible to the people. He was God visibly to the people. Moses was God visibly to the people. Brother Branham was God visibly to the people. But when the anointing left him, they said, oh, well, when the anointing left him, he's just like anybody else. And uh, basically, he's anointing when he had miracles. On the, but when he preaches a sermon, that's just a man. He's off on his doctrine. How stupid can you get? God would come down and raise the dead, heal, open blinded eyes, and do all the miracles, and then have him preach error? I don't, if we got a God like that, we, we don't know beans, we don't know nothing. Because he can trick us in a few minutes. Amen. But we know that he's the word that doesn't ever change. So if I want to know what God does, saying what he's going to do, I've got to read the Bible. So let's open up uh, here in Revelation 4, 7. And we're looking at the mystery of iniquity, which is absolutely the first horse rider of Revelation chapter 6. That's where it starts out. That's where we was last week in uh, 2 Thessalonians 2. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. Paul was telling them uh, about what is going to transpire Brother Brown goes back, picks that up, and brings it over today and makes it visible to us in flesh. Watch now. 
Revelation 4, 7. And the first beast was like a lion. All right, so the seven church ages are divided into four areas of time or four anointings, which is a lion, second beast like a calf, third beast had a face of a man, Luther, Wesley, what more? And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle or what we call the prophet age, where the prophet is the eagle. Revelation 5, 5 now. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. So who takes the book and opens it? The Lamb of God, right? Give me an amen this morning. Amen. All right. Revelation 5, 6. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, that's the four beasts of uh, four, seven. Now this is five, six, but his symbolism keeps going. In the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, that's 24 elders, stood a lamb. As it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth, which are the seven spirits and the seven stars in the hand of Revelation chapter 1, which is your seven messengers to the seven church ages, which the last of them was a prophet, which would be an eagle. So the Bible, the Revel, uh, book of Revelation, is a story to us of God's plan from, of the New Testament for the Gentiles all the way to the New Jerusalem. It is the New Testament written in symbolic form to unveil to us exactly what God has done, what He's doing, and what He will do. Amen. So we must be able to understand the book of Revelation to be separated from the wise or the foolish and the make-believers. Only the wise version virgins will absolutely understand and believe the book of Revelation. The prophet said this book is for the bride only. As well as he said the rapture sermon was only for the bride. It's only for the very elected. Now I didn't say that. He did. So we got to face the question. He told me this was only bride. And he said if I understood it I, knew, I would know that I'm a part of it. I believe I understand most of it. I've got a lot of it, so I'm in the running anyway. I'm in the listening part anyway. So he said, now in the midst of the throne, watch, having seven, which is the Spirit of God into all the earth. So Revelation 5, 8, say we keep jumping verses, but it all paints the picture that we're going to come out. And when he had taken the book, here was the Lamb that had been an intercessor for seven church ages. Now when we go back, if we go back to the breach between the church ages and the bride age, we'll find out there's a different application of the blood. Because through the ages, Jesus was sitting back here on the, what we call the mercy seat as a propitiation for our sins, waiting for the ignorance to be removed. He wasn't there to save you. People kept telling me back in the 80s, I said, well, Jesus had to come off the mercy seat. Oh, if he come off the mercy seat, nobody can be saved. I said, why do you think that? Well, he's got to be there for blood being on the mercy seat. Oh, wait a minute. He wasn't there for your salvation. When he died and shed his blood for your salvation, when God raised him from the dead, he justified you freely forever. Amen. So Jesus didn't sit on the mercy seat pleading his blood because for you to be saved one day, oh, accept the blood and be saved. He's there for the ignorance of the people. Because the revelation of the Apostle Paul has been lost. 
And even yet, it's only restored to the understanding of the true elect. So basically, when the seals open, called the breach, you go back and listen to those sermons now. Brother Brown based everything on the, uh, on the sermon of the church age and the seals. He pointed out that there was a different application of the blood. And you know he preached the sermon of the token. He said it's not the blood chemistry anymore. It's the very life. What did he call the very life? The revelation of God's presence here. Speaking to us in human flesh. With thus saith the Lord. So the token is actually the revelation of God himself. Here identifying you. Because only the Holy Spirit, the Father himself, can identify the true believer. Can I hear an amen there? See, I can't identify you. Preachers can't identify you. Only the Holy Spirit can identify you. Well, then how can I know? Because he calls you by name, not by Earl, Joe, and Bill. He calls you by name, which is a name of your soul. You don't know it, but when he calls you, there's something in here that heard their name and responded. Amen. Praise be to God. Can you think, how just my mind kept going, can you think how wonderful it would be to live a thousand years without the crud up here and the crud in here and without the temper going being gone, the pain being gone, neighbors being gone, kids being gone, and if they're there, what aggravates you about them will be gone. And just live a perfect life as God intended it for a thousand years. <laughs> if that's not enough to make a Baptist shout, there's something wrong inside here. Praise be to God. And we're just, we're not even a night's sleep away from it. Praise be to God. My, how close it is. I say, run, Trump, run. Praise God. Revelation 5.12. Uh, what's uh, four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb now, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of orders, which are the prayers of the saints. Now remember, they fell down before the Lamb. Why was they worshiping the Lamb? For his accomplishment up here of taking the book. Not what he was, but what he done. Amen. Not who he was. He wasn't God. He redeemed you. He was our big brother. He accomplished what only one ordained person uniquely born of God could do. Amen. So he could receive worship according to what he has done for us, not who he is. Amen. How many understands now? He's not God. You say, well, how can he receive worship? Because we positionally place in there what he done for us to redeem all of us and put us in this position. We worship God and worship him, the Lamb also. Watch. Verse uh, 12. Saying with a loud voice. Now always keep the loud voice in mind because the loud voice goes all the way through the book of Revelation. Saying with a loud vo voice. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Verse 13. And every creature which is in heaven... And on earth, on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in, in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sit up upon the throne. And that's Almighty God now. You see, God was on the throne when the Lamb come out and took the book. And unto the Lamb forever and ever. So God's on the throne and the Lamb takes the book. 
opens a book and he hands it to the one on the throne. Watch now, chapter 6, this is our chapter. And I saw when, when the Lamb opened one of the seals. He takes the book and he opens one of the seals. And I heard. Now remember, the I saws and the I heard. I saw, I saw, I saw, I heard, I saw, I heard. Watch. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals. And I heard, as it were, the noise of a thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. Now that's the lion then. That's the first beast that went forth. And I saw... Behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth, conquering and to conquer. Conquering how? Spiritually. Here is your Antichrist spirit beginning its ride of the mystery of iniquity, dressed up as the church. This goes all the way back to the Apostle Paul when he said there's another spirit and another Jesus and another gospel. He calls it the mystery of iniquity that's already worked. John said the Antichrists are already among us. So it's this, this first seal opened and began its ride way back under the Apostle Paul. Here is your spirit of error. And remember that spirit now becomes a doctrine, then the doctrine becomes a deed, then the deed becomes manifested in the incarnated Pope called the Antichrist. All right, let's watch it flow down through here because as the spirit moves physically and bodily, so does the bride move spiritually and bodily. All right? And I saw a white horse, and him that sat on had a bow and a crown was given him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, come and see. Now there's your calf image. And we can go through those four beasts if you like to understand what there was, but here's your calf. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that set up their own to take peace from the earth. And they that should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And we've been fighting World War I, World War II, all little battles in between. We have not ceased from fighting and killing until the, way back there in World War I, really. When the Great War started. And then basically we understand the mystery of the three woes. Watch. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see. And now here's your face of a man. Here's Luther coming out of the darkness out. Reformation. And I heard, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hands. Now, and I heard a voice in, I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see, thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And we understand that is the stimulation of revelation by the Holy Ghost. Watch. And when he had opened the fourth seal. Now this is a seal that we're under today. We're under the fourth seal. Remember we're under different sections. We're under the fourth seal. The fourth beast. But now being under the seventh seal. We're in a bright age. And absolutely separate from all of it. But we're in that time frame. The picture of it. And I had opened the fourth beast. I heard the voice of the fourth beast say come and see. Now here's your eagle. Now what is this eagle going to tell us to come and see? Now remember, if the eagle is going to come and tell you to come and see, it's going to be a prophet showing you something. Because he's the eyes. Didn't Paul say in 1 uh, Corinthians 15, uh, I'm going to show you a mystery. Uh, when the light, as light strikes the eye, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Well, the twinkling of an eye is when the revelation strikes a prophet, which is the seer. So it's not speed that that verse is speaking of. It's speaking of a time when this prophet 
which that's God's plan all the way through when this prophet comes and God's presence is here and basically gives him a revelation, when twinkling of an eye. When the revelation comes to the eye, that will be the time of this last trump when we go move from mortal to immortality. That is a mystery. And remember, it's a mystery hid to our understanding to this day. We are on the only group on earth. I don't mean just us here, but this end time group, there's a small group around the world. We are the only element of humanity for the last 2,000 years that understands this scripture and understands what God is doing today under all of this symbolism. Now, if you're that special and you're that elect for God to know you, call you, set you apart, set you under revelation and a teacher to teach you in language that you can understand and you're slowly growing in it and you begin to understand it and if it's coming clear and clear, that makes you the very elect God's own special chosen ones in this hour. Praise be to God. That ought to stimulate our faith that the lame could walk and the blind could see and everything else. Amen. Amen. And I looked and behold a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death. Now here's the spirit in our age. We got an eagle. Under eagle age you got a spirit here that's death. And hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. The beasts there are powers, both political and spiritual. That's the reason you find the Serbs annihilating the herbs and you find this annihilating that and you find the people, uh, Iran trying to annihilate this, Russia's trying to kill off that. Hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people have been slaughtered in the last year alone. We don't hear about it. We hear about a policeman getting shot over here, two over here. Oh, that's, well, that's not too bad. But you remember overseas now, in foreign countries, they are slaughtering people by the hundreds of thousands. And America killed most of them, 90% of them. When he opened the field seal, now watch, he didn't say, what he said, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. He said he didn't hear anything, but he saw something. White robes was given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren, which are Jews, that should be killed as they were, should be fulfilled. Now that's the 144,000. That should be killed because these are the Jews that were slaughtered under Eichmann in the Holocaust era. And they were slain because their eyes was blinded so we could get in. But they were elected and sons of God. And if you told them the name of Jesus, they'd spit. Because they just do not believe it. But they had a white robe reserved for them because of election. It wasn't their good deeds, it was their election. Now then, there's a fellow servant that's got to hear the gospel. And they'll only listen to two prophets, or to a prophet, and God will send them two, Moses and Elijah. Revelation 11, when we get over there. They will preach, these two prophets will preach to them exactly what Brother Branham preached to us. They will preach one true God. And they will tell them of the unique born son, Jesus of Nazareth, who was their Messiah, whom they crucified, and God raised them for their justification. And that they were cut off to be made jealousy by the engrafting of the Gentile bride. And now then, since we're gone and our eyes are being blinded, they can be grafted back in for salvation. 
This is the plan. It's got to come. You said, how come it's got to come? Because it is written in the scriptures. See, there's going to be a blindness, and there is a blindness. In uh, Romans 9, there's a grafting in back into the Jews. The uh, Gentile branch is cut off. It has been cut off. It's not going to be cut off. It has been cut off. But when it was cut off, we were, uh, we were already in. Don't you understand what we're talking about? You are sealed in. That's the reason why the revelation gets clearer and simpler and clearer to almost the place that you get bored hearing it. You say, well, I've heard that. I, I see that. I know that. Well, praise God that you can say that you know it. In other words, like the United Pentecost, you can go down there and preach uh, Acts 2.38 and women don't cut your hair and they will shout and speak in tongues every Sunday morning. You can go back next Sunday mornings and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Women, you don't cut your hair. You got to speak in tongues of the Holy Ghost. They'll basically speak in tongues because that's the message. That's, that's what they rejoice over. That's what they see themselves as the elected over. Well, the bad news was the prophet said, no, no, no. Tongues wasn't evidence. You ain't got it yet. And it's not baptized in the name of Jesus. No, no, no. He was made both Lord and Christ. And the water don't remit the sins. The blood's what remits your revelation of Jesus Christ. And the revelation of the Godhead before you go to the water is what places you in the bride. Well, I know we got a, uh, I started to say this one. So we got people in churches, you baptize them, Brother Gregory, they hardly ever show up anymore. Mm-hmm. Ask them about the Godhead. And you'll find out they don't understand it. What do you take to the water to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for if you don't have a revelation of who Jesus was? Maybe he understands now with the promise of See, the great revelation of the entire. Uh, a lot of people, uh, good people. I know Brother Lee Vail. He, I mean, he always said, when Brother Bam said, you got to uh, go back to the water and be rebaptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or, you don't have, or you're not baptized at all. He said, mm, you know, he was a born Trinitarian, baptized Trinitarian. So that little boy said, well, where else was he wrong? He's never been wrong. Back to the water I went, he said. We got a church age book written, which 90% of the people don't believe it. I'm talking about message people. I'm talking about people who believe God was sent a prophet, where the prophet, Brother Bram said, Brother Lee Bale is going to uh, verbalize this church age book. Most ministries in the message do not believe the church age book is Brother Branham's book or the things in there are untrue. There's a whole movement that's against the church age book because why? Because Brother Branham said in there, only seed can be reborn. And they're legalists. He said in there about the oneness of the Godhead, which they're one like your finger. He said in there about marriage and divorce, which they don't fit that either. And so the book can't be right. One brother said, well, the book can't be right. Because when Brother Branham preached the church ages, I think he said one age from 1884 or something. And then on, on the book he said from 1883. Oh, so the church age book is not right. I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't nitpick it. Even go figure it out. I don't care whether the church age went from 83, 86, 94, 92. It don't make me no difference. I wasn't born in that age. I'm born down here in this age. This, this is the one I got to worry about. And I, and I know 1933 is when it, st when it started. And I don't know when it stopped, but it'll stop when I leave out of here. I'd be all over when I leave. I don't care if it's July the 10th or July the 5th or July the 2nd. When I leave out of here, all things are all right. Amen. That's the only thing I'm going to worry about. I'm going to wait for him to do it. I waited uh, long enough until he, he caught me. I wasn't chasing after God. 
He's all, oh, I sought God, I sought God. And the Bible said that you didn't seek God. He said God sought you. If you sought God and you sought God, you found something you thought was God. But you find most of them people that seek God all the time don't believe the, the word of our. So wait a minute. All right, white robes are given to him. And when he comes to the sixth seal, now here's the seal we're on because this is the tribulation. Here's where we're sitting. We're in the fourth seal, waiting for the sixth seal to come. Fill seal is Jews on the altar, reveal to who they are. Now, all right, has nothing to do with us. Sixth seal is tribulation, which has nothing to do with us because we're going to miss it if your heart was turned back to the faith of the Father. If you understand the Godhead correctly. Capstone revelation of the Godhead in the Church of Books said the capstone revelation of this end time is the uh, true understanding of the Godhead. He plainly tells you if you do not understand the Godhead correctly, you will not understand any of the doctrines or any of the mysteries. That's the reason why they war with these doctrines and teachings because they just don't understand the Godhead correctly. I'm not saying I do or I understand all of it. Because I have trouble when I get back to Ella, Ella, Elohim, all those places back there before time. I, I don't understand it all. But I do understand who Jesus is in this Bible. And I understand there's one God. And his name is Jesus. And that's our. And he had a son and he named him Jesus. And he made that Jesus that was born of a Mary, a woman. He made him both Lord. Which is Revelation, uh, Psalms 110.1. The Lord said unto my Lord. So when you talk about uh, two lords, they said there can't be no two lords. Well, the Bible says they are. The Bible said the Lord said to my Lord. And that Lord said, if you sit down on my throne, even I sit down on my Father within his throne. So it had to be two thrones. Oh, there can't be two thrones if it's only one throne. Well, I'm either off on two occasions or you're off on both of them. I read mine. Where do you get yours? Come on, church. It's the Bible. See, it's not, it's not what you think. It's what the... Bible told you and what God vindicated to be true. See? So when you read it right out of the Bible and right out of the quotes, then somebody should be saying amen to it. And when I beheld, when he had opened the sixth seal, I believe the sixth seal is open in uh, 1964, what was it, March, when they, uh, he throwed up a rock out there and he said the judgment will strike the West Coast. The world went out. It struck and all the earth shook. He said everything got off his balance, off the axe of more. He said that was the opening of the sixth seal. You say, well, yeah, but we're still here. But judgment has started. See, the judge is here. Who was the wig one in the cloud, the seven angels? He said it was the judge. Amen. The judge is here. So when the judge is here, you got a trial. Didn't he preach the trial, I think, four or five times? If you got a trial, then you got an indictment. Didn't he indict this generation for the second crucifixion of the Word of God? If you got an indictment, you got a sentence passed. Did he preach souls in prison now? All right, now you've got, to go, you've got a holding pen, and then you go to uh, when the sentence is carried out, which is the electric chair, or frying them. Some of them stay in jail for 10 or 15 years before they get fried. I know I was listening to the news this morning. Uh, they're trying to get uh, Trump, they're gonna, the federal government is going to uh, carry out a death sentence. Now they're arguing over whether they can use one gas or three gases. You know, which one kills them the easiest? So he got a hold. He's supposed, been, uh, he's supposed been in the chamber this week. But now they got him on hold because they can't figure, well, if he used three gases, one of them don't uh, get it done quick enough so he feels a little pain. Why should you worry about a little pain? If you're going to kill the guy, you're going to kill the guy. You know what? 
put him to sleep gently. Hallelujah. While you're playing music, you know. Just like the lying Democrats pray for him as, as you kill him. Oh, our hearts are so heavy. We're, we're praying to impeach him, impeach him, impeach him. Yeah, yeah. That moral hypocrisy, I tell you what. <laughs> oh, let's go. Hallelujah. I know we're not supposed to get involved in politics, but we're waiting for politics to catch up so we can get out. So we keep up with it. And lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. Now, you know that's not the uh, natural planet. I hear the sun firing and the moon. There's your church and the word. Brother Brown said, sun, issue it, and see, S-O-N, sun. Here's the, here's the spiritual condition happens when the judge here, when the earthquake takes place, then what happened? The sun or the word became black as sackcloth of hair. It's totally shut out. There's no light in this age at all. And the moon became as blood. What happened in the church? It began to drop off. Watch, and, the, watch, uh, and the stars of heaven. Here's your preachers. Fell, uh, fell unto the earth. Even as a fig tree cathed her untimely figs. When she is shaken of a mighty wind. In other words, when the seals is open. Brother Branham brought in the oneness of the Godhead, brought in water baptism, tongues wasn't the evidence, marriage and divorce. The preachers fell like figs off of a tree out of season. Just like Jesus, when he began to preach to them, they had 70, all of a sudden 70 left him, and then the one of them was the devil. Just think, there's not going to be a great big crowd. I always get a little concerned when the house gets full. I, I always get a little bit nervous. If you say, oh, we got a revival going now, I, I get a little bit nervous. Not that I wouldn't like to have five or six hundred people, because the bigger the better as far as the preacher is concerned, but as far as the message is concerned, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Now, I don't like that, but that's what it said. But he also said, if you're bright, I can't run you off. And if you're not bright, I can't get you in. So I've got, at 80 years old, I'm almost relaxed. Praise God. How many is in? Glory to God. Then you wait on, on it just like I'm waiting on it. We just look at the same thing over and over and give us more assurance of who we are and what's going on. Watch now. Uh, verse 14. And the heaven departed as a scroll, and when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of, of their places. That's what the Brother Brown said about the earthquake. And the kings of the earth. Now remember, here's your leaders. Here's Trump. Here's uh, Putin. Here's the Chinese leader. Here's uh, Iran leader. Here's all the leaders. The kings of the earth and the great men. And the rich men, and the chief captains, the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. Now you're moving into the squeeze. Now you're moving into the wrath of God. And, and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. Now remember, in Revelation chapter 4 and 5, it was God that was on the throne. The lamb took the book, handed it to the one on the throne. Now Jesus, the lamb, climbed up on the throne and sat down. So now they're saying here under the sixth seal, remember now when he comes in Revelation 19 to the second coming, he comes with fire in his eyes, a sword in his mouth to slay and destroy the nations of this earth. Here's this meek lamb going to become a, 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 a conqueror. He's going to destroy them. That's the reason you call it the wrath of the lamb. Him that sat on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. Whose wrath is it? It is Jesus, the Son of God. Wrath of the Lamb is what's going to carry this judgment out. For the great day of His wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? I'm going to tell you those who are able to stand, those who have the revelation of the rapture, 
Having done all to stand, we stand. We stand on the word of the hour. We believe the vindicated word. We may not understand it all, but we know God spoke to us through that vessel. And he had thus saith the Lord. And that is the last messenger with the last revelation before we sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We are elect. We are in a time frame of the change. We're going to become immortal. We're going to see the sleeping saints that are absolutely here now. But our eyes are just a little hazy yet that we cannot see them. But they are right here with us now. Amen. Amen. All right, now, Revelation 10, 1 to 4. Let's just keep reading. Here's your picture laid out in Scripture. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven. Now, this is the same angel of Revelation 18, Revelation, uh, this other mighty angel. All the same picture. What? Clothed with a cloud, a rainbow was up on his head, and his face was, as it were, the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. So what are, your, what are you seeing come down? His feet sets up on the earth. His feet is a pillar of fire. All right, well, this rainbow. We didn't see the rainbow here, but the rainbow was on the other side of the curve or the other dimension. And the rainbow was speaking of a covenant. You are under a covenant. And now this covenant is going to hold you. Do you realize that you are covenant heirs of Abraham? That we are under a new testament, a new covenant. And every word in this Bible, every prophecy will come to pass in a visible form that I call flesh. You are in this Bible, and now we're talking about our day and what part we are so you can recognize who you are. We are called the bride. We are sons and daughters of God now. But it does not a year part we shall be, but when he appears, we shall be like him. We are like him. Because why? Because we are him. How many understands now? When you become a part of the word, you become a part of Him, and He is the Word. You and the Word become one. Amen. See, that's the reason why the husband and wife is called one. You say, well, I, I'm not one with Him. I got my own thinking. I got my own billfold. I got my own pattern. I got my own money. Well, that might be true. But you're still one as far as God is concerned. Now, how can you be one and be won't, 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 won't all the time? We've seen it in this church. Sit here and believe, say, I'm a believer, I'm a believer. And women run off in fornication, adultery, and everything else. As soon as the woman runs out, the man is always holy. He always stays in church a while. And then he runs off and gets him a one out here. So why didn't you take off with your wife and be both of you be worthy, worthy and to stay together? Don't play church now. What I'm saying, playing church is over. If you're a believer, stay there. If you're not a believer, get away from it. Well, I need a woman. Well, you need to get born again first. Now, to either take care of the woman or God will give you one legally. How many is following now? But you've got to stay with the word and he will not do nothing outside of his word. I agree that a man needs a woman until he gets 80 years old. Then he thinks he needs one, but it don't it do him no good. How many is following now? So you young men, just take my word for it. Take experience one time. You keep pushing that accelerator to take you to the wrong place. Get your body, get your mind under control. Zero in on the Word of God. Seek you first the kingdom of God. And what, if you need a wife, he'll send you one. If you need a half a million dollars, he'll send you a half a million dollars. Whatever you need, he will give it to you. Because my God is the greatest giver there is in existence. 
He's got a cattle on a thousand hills, and he doesn't mind molding two and another thousand, give me half of them. Come on, church. You say, well, I can't. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You're not serving the one I'm serving. Amen. Ask him for it, believe him for it, thank him for it, and walk on and rejoice in it. Well, what if it don't show up in a couple of weeks? It'll show up in a month. Come on now. It, it, it's on its way. You may have a devil trying to intervene up there. In other words, when David prayed, that 21 days later, that, devil, uh, that angel finally showed up. You've heard all these sermons preached. I used to preach them trying to get to the altar 25, 30 years ago. That angel finally showed up. <laughs> he is out of breath. <laughs> David, we heard you when you first knelt down and said, Lord, our Father. We heard you then. I started out to answer your prayer, which I would have been here in the next hour. But I, I got interrupted in my trip. There was another demon over here over this country. And when I went through his territory, he grabbed a hold of me. And I wasn't strong enough to get loose. And I had to send an SOS to Gabriel up here so he could come and take hold of that devil, turn me loose so I can get here. But it took me 21 days to get here. Praise God. So if you've got a request out there to God, don't doubt it. the answer is on its way. Just don't doubt it. It's on its way. And you will receive it exactly as your faith declares it. Amen. Well, I think we ought to be, I think we ought to be, I think we ought to be. Shut up and just wait. All right. I, I didn't mean to say that. See, that's what I'll, I, I said the other day, you know what? I, I'm going to have to be nicer. I'm going to have to have, uh, get a better sweet spirit about me. It's been hard. Because I've been used to this one for a long time. They said, well, if you had the Holy Ghost, you'd be sweet. I said, if I had any more of the Holy Ghost on me, you wouldn't be able to sit in church. When I began to get real, I told them women preachers down the boot hill that squabbled all the time and wanted to fight out in the churchyard every week. It was every Sunday. Oh, you need more love, Brother Gray. You need more love. I said, if I had any more love, you wouldn't even be able to sit there through the whole sermon. Because love corrects. You, don't, you can't even stand the correction now. If I had more love, guess what would happen? I said, if I get real sweet and you think I finally got born again, just for me, I backslid and out of the, <laughs> the will of God. Amen. Because God is not sweet and he's getting what we would call more bitter all the time. Until finally the anger comes through. And you know what? I think we'll get a little glimpse of it through the fivefold ministry before he appears to destroy the whole thing. So all I see is these sweet preachers, sweet preachers, these little fancy Hollywood little preachers. I'm always wary. I said, there's either a car salesman or a devil dressed up in the Garden of Eden. Because there ain't no man that sweet. He's either got a little soft finger problem. He's got more female there and he has male, something wrong. Because there's no preacher and no man that sweet. And you look at his wife, and she's <laughs> sit down and eat with him. Bump, 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 bump. I said, hmm, that's reflecting that. And he can't hardly figure these things out sometimes. All right. I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud. Watch in verse 2. And he had in his hand a little book open. So this chapter 4, this lamb hands a book 
to God who is on the throne. Now this God comes down as a logos or a light. You find out that he has a little book and the book is now unwound or it is open. And he set his foot up on the sea, and, which is, uh, uh, see, what is that, Catholicism? And his left foot on the earth, which is Protestantism. And cried with a loud voice. Watch this crying with a loud voice now. As when a lion roared, and when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. When he cried, that sounded forth his message, what we call the shout of 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. When he begins his message, which is the opening of the seven seals, We'll see the first and second pull in a few minutes when this angel comes down in all his glory and power and what more, which was the first and second pull. But when he sounds forth this cry, which is the opening of the seals, we find out seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. So we know that John types the bride. He types you and I. Is that right? And John heard this voice from heaven, but John is here on earth. So the bride or this messenger, the one he brings the book to, will be on earth at the time that this angel descends with the open book. So if Brother Brown was the church age messenger, and he was, then he would have to be on earth at the time of this coming. Or if the seals have been opened and Brother Bram's gone and we're down in 40 years down the lake, this is past tense and someone called God has come down here and sounded a message, proved himself, vindicated himself, opened and give us a revelation of seven seals, which are the thunders. And now here we sit with the revelation of the rapture. This is us. Praise God. Man, I can almost speak in tongues. Glory to God. You say, well, I don't feel nothing. Well, I don't feel nothing either, but I, I get the glory of it anyway. I'm not talking about feeling I hear like I used to. I'm, t- I'm talking about in here, something in here. There's something, just, I don't know, there's something inside. Go more, 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 more. Yep, 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 amen, amen. I can hear my soul saying amen to myself. Amen. Yes, sir. It's just wonderful. What's, now, so we know that John takes the open book out of the hand. Revelation uh, 10, 8, 9, 11. Take the book, uh, eat the book, so and so. So John takes the open book out of the hand of the one in verse 2, which is this angel that comes down from heaven. And John is here on earth. Now this is important. Young people, we went through 20 years of debate, lessons, arguments, reading, tapes, series, meetings by the weeks. Trying to figure out what this symbolism was back in the late 70s and early 80s. Churches split over it. Preachers argued over it. They had meetings over it. They had opinions of it. Who knows this? Who knows that? And we didn't know nothing. This was absolutely hid from the Pentecostal realm until. So keep in mind in Revelation 10 2, the book was unsealed or it was unwound. And this one in verse 1 cried with a loud voice. And it says when he cried, in other words, he has descended from heaven. And according to 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, he descends from heaven with a shout or a loud voice, a mighty cry like a lion. And basically that is a shout or a message going forth to gather the elected out of what? Here is your separation. So serves this the time of the opening of the seven seals, that little short period of time of two and a half years, 
was a separation, and that separation has been going on and is still going on to this very minute this morning. He separates us from what? Revelation 18. After these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven. This is the same angel of Revelation 10.1 that has an open book in his hand. But he's already come down now to Revelation 10.7. So he said, this angel having great power and the earth was lightened with his glory. That's the first and second pull. That's 1933 until 1962 serves as this the time. He went around the world with power. Thus saith the Lord, miracles by the literal millions. Thus saith the Lord by the thousands, visions by the hundreds. Not one of them ever failed. Do, you, do we understand how supernatural, how foreign to this world, this ministry, and this message really is? Who in the world has ever talked to angels visibly? Whoever said, thus saith the Lord, and basically uh, a cancer dropped off, our blind eyes opened, our cross eyes went back on cross, a tangled up girl, a bone growed together, and sat there, thus saying, saying, the great physician now is here, and it began to unwind, unwind, and jump out and run down the aisle. What? There's no man living on this earth that has that much power. Even common people, myself, seen visions, had discernment, seen miracles, devils cast out. It went, that glory spread over everybody, all over the whole church, the whole Pentecostal movement because of that one spirit here on earth. Praise be to God. So I hadn't seen no angel, but the angels was around us all the time. There's an angel talking to you right now. I don't know how, how much clearer we got to get it. Brother Bam tried to get him to see who he was over and over and over and over for 30-something years. And the church world has never seen him yet. And he said, now this one that's talking through me won't go away. He'll just pick up a five-fold ministry and make it more simple. Make it more simple. Make it more simple. That's the reason the intellectuals get an intellectual preacher. Common people get a common pre a preacher. You've got to preach these dip mysteries in a language that you can understand. How many understands that now? Like Trump, how come he's so popular? A New York thug? Just as crude as a, a New York gangster can be. Is he sharp? You better believe he's sharp. He can hustle a, a guy out of a $10 bill, hand him a false certificate, and charge him for it. Well, we don't want somebody that crude in there, but I want a man that can talk my language. He said, I'm going to go up there and kick all those rich hypocrites out of office. We understand that. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to drop the taxes, put more money in your pocket. We can understand that. At deep stake up there, they've been in office so long, they got everything shut down, whatever more. They're nothing but lying hypocrites. It's all a fake. We understand that. What makes him this crude person so powerful? Because he talks in a language that we can understand. Would I like for him to talk less? Yeah. Do I like all the tweets? I don't get them anyway, but he could do a little less on the tweets. He could quit saying everything is great, great one. We're going to get so tired of winning, and we're going to win, we're going to win, until we get tired of winning. I'm not tired of winning. <laughs> I can say we're going to get so much revelation, we're going to get tired of getting revelation. Brother Messi, you'll never get tired of revelation. And you'll never get enough revelation until after the millennium, all the way over into glory, you'll still be getting revelation. So he talks my language. Impeach the guy. I've, I've been impeached a dozen times. They tried to impeach me by the time I got behind the pulpit. The impeachment started. 
You said, well, he ain't nobody preaching. I had them hypocrites right on. I just started a little book and started preaching on it. had a little blackboard. I oh, was I a great theologian. Dennis was there. The kids were there. That's been 35, 40 years. I was this great theologian that had read one book. So I was going to preach on Lord Jesus Christ. I put Lord Jesus Christ. And back to, boy, I had this great theology going. And man, them spirits got stirred up, began to speak in tongues, run around, knocked over the stove pipe. We had a stove over here with a long pipe up here. And the building was just as cold. We still had our coats on. And when you preach the breath, smoke would come out. And that's the way we preached. Had about 15 or 20 there. But did we have a spiritual time? Man, we knocked over chairs, knocked the stove pipe out, spoke in tongues and everything else. Whole lot of spirits there. And they were trying to impeach me. And God gave me that gift of fortitude and perseverance. And I'm still persevering, praise God. Because I said, I'm going to get out of here by the message that I shall not die, but I shall be changed. I'm going to be honest with you. For last, last uh, about three or four months ago, five months ago, I thought I was going by the way of the grave. But I'm still here and things are getting a little bit better. So I see a little light on the end of the tunnel. I think we're going to stay here until we get changed. Amen. My mother's birthday was yesterday. She's 99 years old. Surely the Lord God will let me live long enough as she did or get me out of here by the change. And I know it's not going to be 10 more years. So what did it say? Revelation said what? Babylon the great is fallen and become the habitation of devils. Give me about five more minutes and we'll stop on this scripture. And the whole of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Now you don't like preaching against organized religion and how wicked these churches are and whatever more because they're nice people. But this is what the Bible says about them. They're the whole of every foul spirit. Oh, that must be the Muslim. That must be. Mm-mm. This is the churches. And a cage. You know, a cage has got you locked up. Didn't Brother Brown there said soul was in prison now? And it's locked. And a cage. Of every unclean and hateful bird. And all nations have drunk. Of the wine of the wrath. Of her fornication. And the kings of the earth. That's all your rulers, dictators, everything else. Have committed fornication with her. In other words, they they bought into the doctrines. Bought into the Trinitarian doctrine. And the merchants of the earth. Or wax rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. If they're locked up in cages, what's locked up? The mind. If the mind is locked up, the soul is in prison. Amen. Amen. Once the musicians will come, we'll, we'll close when we come. All nations are drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And this seventh angel cried, come out over my people. How many heard that cry? Acts said in the last day when this cry was made, he'd pour out his spirit upon my sons and my daughters and they shall prophesy. When When he cried or sounded forth his message, seven thunders uttered their voices 
And John said he was about to write those things that he heard the seven thunders uttered. And he was told not to write those things which he heard. And the voice from heaven told him to seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. In other words, don't speak what you heard. Now the question is this. If I need the revelation of, these, of chapter 6, which is these seals and the thunders, I've got to have them to literally turn my heart back. Because he said these mystery truths of these seals will be what literally turns the heart of the children today back to the faith of the fathers or the revelation of the fathers back then. And that revelation, as I said, when I begin this sermon, the greatest revelation given in this hour is the revelation of one true God. And one unique, only begotten Son, Jesus of Nazareth, the promised Messiah. Water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the mission of sins. And the perusia or the presence of God Almighty here, bringing forth the revelation of His presence. That is what these seals revealed and brought forth to us that absolutely turned our hearts back to the revelation of the fathers. They only believe one God. They knew the Messiah would come, but they were blinded. And they turned down their Messiah when he come. But when he comes back the second time, God will lift the veil and give them the revelation through the prophet of who Jesus really was. And he was their promised Messiah that would take them into the kingdom for 1,000 years. And they'll rule and reign as the eunuchs or the servants of the bride for 1,000 years of the millennium. Don't miss it no matter what you do. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to get tighter and tighter, colder and colder. And less reason to go to church, less reason to believe, less reason to hold on. But remember, it's got a hold of you. You're not the one that's holding on. Myself, you or anybody else. If it's left up to us, we would be out there doing our thing this morning, no matter what it is, watching TV or doing something. But something has apprehended us. And I believe that something is the Spirit of God in the form, visibly formed, of a message. You said, I can't see him. Yes, you can. Because, see, you've heard enough words now that you should be able to see him. Let me understand what I said. All right, look. If I told you, and you live somewhere else, and I got on the phone and talked to you, and I told you that I had bought a new car, and that car, they'd say, what kind is it? The car is a Ford. Okay, now I've got a new car, and the car is a Ford. Okay. What color is it? It's red. Okay, I got a new car, and it's a Ford, and it's red. How many doors has it got? Four. Okay, now I've got a Ford. It's a new car. It's a Lincoln. It's red, and it got four doors. What color are hubcaps got on? They're chrome. Now then I got a... If I drove up in your yard in that car, you would know exactly who I was. How would you know? You've never seen the car before. Words made it so clear to you a picture that you could actually see it while it's invisible. God is invisible, but yet we see him because we have heard 
him reveal himself. See, this message is actually God revealing himself to us. That we can see the invisible God. And when we see a believer, we're seeing that spirit in a physical form. I can't see you, but I can see the expression of you through your body. Right? So if I got the body over here in a bar, and you're saying, oh, I'm a believer, I'm a predestinated son, and glory to God how much I believe. Your body is telling me something different than your words are. But if I see you in church worshiping God, I talk to you and ask you a question about so-and-so, and you respond, and I'm saying, you know what, there's something in there that actually must, must believe the word. If that's the case, there must be a son of God there. But remember, if I ask you a question this morning, don't let me offend you. I'm just giving you a question. If you have to individually know and understand what chapter 6 is telling you, the symbols and the revelation, what the white horse was, black horse was, red horse was, what the souls in the altar were, what the sixth seal is, and even what the seventh seal is, and you do not have an answer, and you do not know what they are, then how in the world can you say your heart has been turned? Because he said, this will literally turn your heart back to the faith. So if you don't understand what has turned your heart back, how can you say your heart's been turned back? Well, you said, then that makes this important. Makes it real important. That's the reason we're going over it again and again and again. Because all I'm here for now is to put us in remembrance of what we have been taught, what has been said, that we can be able to stand. Because what you're waiting for will not be signs and wonders and hallelujah, glory to God, and run around the church. It will be misery, heartache, persecution, and put you under such a stress that if you're not really born again, you won't pass the test. It'll be the greatest test that ever put on a human being with the greatest prize. And that prize is moving from mortal to immortality because God will not put nothing more on you than you can be able to stand. So let us stand this morning. Amen. What's the last song we sang? Where's, where's the song leader at? What we sing? That's good. It's not over till it's over. I may be glad when it's over. Everything is over for us. Except the translation. Amen. You said, can I get better? I don't think so. Can I get more knowledge? Yeah, you can get more knowledge if you apply yourself. Will the vision get clear? The vision of who you are will get clearer and clearer. Because you can say, now only a believer can believe that. I believe that. So therefore, I must be a believer. Amen. If I am the righteousness of God, and that was sealed 2,000 years ago, and the seals only let you know that you never was lost to begin with. You never was in jeopardy. Your soul come from God. The gospel is only telling you the good news of your predestinated salvation. And I say, praise be to God. Well, it's not over till it's over.